Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule. Hurrah! Yes, that's right, my lockdown friends. We're back. I'm Kate Ball. Say hello to you and joining me this week. It's not just me. It's uh, some very, very excellent and surprising talent on today's show. Not really. Uh, we're joined by the usual duo, Premier League's finest reporter, Lindsay Hooper. Hi, Hoops. Hello. And Sky Sports News' finest anchor in the whole wide world, Hayley McQueen. Hi, Hayley. I mean, I'll take that. Yeah, Thank do. you. Take anything and everything at the moment, folks. Any bit of joy, any compliment, just go with it is my philosophy. Um, we're just going to get stuck into a bit of football news because I know, uh, Lindsay, this is particularly topical for you at the moment, the sacking of Frank Lampard and the immediate hiring of Thomas Tuchel at Chelsea. Uh, Lindsay, I say this is relevant for you because you've just popped off a Tuchel presser. Not Well, anyway, you've just come off a Tuchel presser. <laughs> what was he saying? Tell us what the latest is. He was really impressive. He spoke so well, uh, very honest, very relaxed. And uh, yeah, I went away thinking this guy's the real deal. But of course, there were so many questions to do with the fact that he's coming partway through a season, Frank Lampard having to depart, uh, being a club legend that he is. So one of the first questions was about whether he would maybe get some fan backlash. And he, he revealed that he really hoped that wasn't the case and that Frank Lampard had messaged him this morning ahead of oh, his first presser nice. to wish him well. Um, what a gent he is. So that's lovely, yeah. I, I just got some really good vibes all round and... He's clearly wanting to instill a winning mentality and, and get Chelsea fighting for everything. He knows that winning is in the DNA and he, he won't last long if he doesn't start winning stuff. Uh, spoke very highly as well about Conte and, and how he thinks he's a world-class player, someone he's fought to try and have in his team for many, many years and finally gets to work with him. Um, yeah, he spoke of intensity, devotion, winning mentality, you know, all the right things, all the things that fans want to hear. And I asked him... Because against Wolves, you might have noticed, both of you, that he he brought in the old guns, Azpilicueta, Giroud, yes. Jorginho, and Mason Mount was on the bench. And I said, you know, should fans read into that? Is, is that a direction you're going to go in? And he said, no, not at all. Don't read into that. I've got trust in every player. And it was just a case that I didn't have long. I wanted to go with experience and just see. But that is not an indicator that that's what I'll be doing mm. going forwards. Well, it was a nil-nil draw on Wednesday night. Good good news for Wolves as well, I think, that one, Lindsay, because, you mm. know, sometimes there is an immediate bounce. What did you make of the switch by Roman Abramovich, Hayley? I mean, I'm a big fan of Frank Lampard. I think when you like someone as a person, it's always really hard when you're, I was breaking the news on Sky and obviously having to get opinions of different people. I think we were all quite surprised, but then it was like, well, are we really surprised because it is Roman Abramovich? The thing I was most shocked at was the fact that he released a statement. Nobody was really expecting it. You'd hope that he would because they're obviously friends. Frank's known him for a very long time. He wasn't just a manager that he brought in and has been disposed of. He was somebody that he's known at the club for a very long time and yeah I think he, he's the only manager to have ever been written about and had a statement put out there by Roman Branovich upon his departure and I wouldn't be surprised actually if Frank Lampard does end up going back to Chelsea at some point I think he might a bit like a Mourinho he will go back some other time when the time comes I just didn't really think that Tuchel was like some 
I don't know. Yes, he's a big well, name. He's very but like, well respected, isn't he, he? He is. But when you look at some of the articles that I've read about the relationships that he's had and the breakdown of relationships with owners of clubs and how he is as a person. Um, but obviously, if he's that kind of person, he's okay with not having um, a friendly relationship with the owner of a club. Maybe it will work with him and Abramovich, very much a business deal. But I think Tuchel seems like he might be a bit of a difficult one to deal with. But Abramovich Let's obviously see. feels that, yeah, he's, he's, he's the right man. We'll see. We'll see. There's a really interesting article on The Athletic from Dominic Fifield and Simon Johnson, and they talk about uh, Tuchel's arrival um, and the time leading up to the Wolves game. Um, and I thought this was interesting. When he first met with players Tuesday late afternoon before that late training session, he didn't talk about, you know, wanting to get into the top four. He didn't He didn't talk about results and targets and stuff. Instead, he just talked about unity, that it was onwards and upwards, but it was very much unity. And I thought to myself, where have I heard that in the last week or so? Joe Biden's inauguration speech, uh, Joe Biden, wow. all about unity. He made a plea, didn't he, for unity to end this so-called uncivil war and says, you know, if you want to get democracy, it's it's all about one thing. It's about unity. So I wondered if uh, Tuchel had been tuning into a bit of Joe Biden and taken a bit of inspiration <laughs> from him. And why not? Hey, why not? A couple of little nuggets that you might not know as well that, that emerged through this press conference. First of all, that he'd he'd been an admirer of Spurs for some time when he was younger. Um, and he, he laughed when that was put to him because he's like, wow, you've done your homework. He was, he just said that once, I think it was maybe Borussia Dortmund or someone played Spurs and then they started pl playing more of their matches wherever he was at that time. Um, so it just piqued his interest, but that, that he should not um, have anyone read anything into that because he knows they're a big rival. And then the other thing, which more many more people do know about, is the the friendship he has with Pep Guardiola, and that he'd been speaking to him on and off for some time before coming to the Premier League. And I thought that was interesting. You know, the the way that they're sort of looking out for each other. I think. Mm, well, I like that bit of insider info. Thank you very much, Lindsay Hooper. Well, it's not just managers who are being moved, but teams at the top of the Premier League table as well. Officially the most topsy-turvy season of late. Manchester City have just become the ninth team to be number one this season. So quick question for you, Hayley. Is this the week that City win the title? Just bearing in mind they beat West Brom 5-0 at the weekend. They've got Sheffield United coming up as well. Is this the weekend, do you think, the definitive weekend for City? No, 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 no. That, that's no, it's, it's, it's definitely not going to happen. Absolutely not. I'm still absolutely hell bent on Manchester United at making sure that they win the Premier League. Yes, they lost to Sheffield United. <laughs> yes, it was a disaster. No, I didn't really want to talk about it. They've got Arsenal away in their next game, but then they've got back-to-back -back home games. They've got the FA Cup still to focus on and there's very winnable games against Southampton and then it'll be a good battle against Everton, won't it? But no, I think Aww. Manchester United have got everything there to make sure that they stay at the top of the table or make sure they get back to the top of the table. Make I'm sure sorry. I'm sorry, Hayley, but I'm, I'm going to have to interject I, I, because I know. I know. you, you overly clearly... Overly optimistic. I, I think you're struggling to find the positives uh, yeah. is, is what it is. It yeah. was short-lived. You enjoyed yeah. it whilst it was there. Um, but Manchester City, I'm afraid, it's the turning oh. of the screw now. I, I know. Um, they're stop, winning by big it. margins consistently. <laughs> I think it. I think it could be theirs. I know, the United haven't won by more than a goal margin 
in the league since I think it was Leeds all the way back in December, wasn't it? Six two. I think that was. We've got Arsenal. Haven't you come in? Um, producer yeah. Rabbi, by the way, has just bowled in with Arsenal to win 3-0. Lacazette and Xhaka with the goals. That's what oh, she wants, a bit of a rhyming situation there. So she's not helping your cause. Um, well, look, I'm going to move on from this and get yeah. stuck into the show. So a lot of movement in football, in and out of the manager's office, up and down the table. It seems to me like it's high time for a game of musical chairs, ladies. So because the transfer window is open, we'll be looking at some of the biggest movers this January as well to link in with that. We'll be bringing you a music lesson a bit later on. Remember when the music stops, what do you do? Open your parcel. Sit on a chair. Oh, I've just said it's time for musical chairs, Lindsay Hooper. Do pay attention, please. You usually um, have a present, though, don't you, when you play musical chairs? You did no, at my parties. Did I well, that was just past the parcel. What kind of flash parties did you used to have with a present for musical chairs? And that surely that means someone sits on some chocolate and has a very strange looking thing on their behind. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's no singing. Uh, I wanted to reassure you both. uh, In fact, just reassure listeners, everyone, that there's no singing from me again in this podcast. Uh, And we'll also be playing a game of audio musical chairs, which Mm. no one is really all that sure about. So in itself is... Uh, reason to keep listening today. Uh, so let's get on with the show then and start the music. Instead of taking up that gym membership that you wouldn't use even if the gyms were open, how's about subscribing to The Athletic for just £4 a month as a New Year's resolution? You'll get unrivaled football coverage with analysis and in-depth features from the very best writers around, exclusive Q&As with Athletic staff and ad-free versions of all of The Athletic's podcasts, including this one. Find out more and sign up today at theathletic.com slash offside. takes me back to oh, 1983, 1984. I don't think you were born then, were you, Lindsay? Uh, but it Only does just. take me, yes, it does take me right back to musical chairs. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's go into the transfer window. Players moving in and out of the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on when you're listening to this, of course, it slams shut, doesn't it, that transfer window at 11pm <laughs> on Monday, February the 1st. Any other quick transfer window cliches, ladies? Anything you're keeping up your sleeve, Hayley, for uh, pen for to paper? Put pen to paper. Fax machines are ready. Yes. The war chest spent, perhaps. Oh, that's slightly intelligent. Is anyone going to make a come and get me plea? (laughs) Uh, Is anyone going to force a move? Come on, come on, ladies. Hayley, this is your bread and butter. I know it is. I'm trying to think of all the cliches. Oh, God, I'm saving them. I'm saving them for next week. I'm not giving it all away. I'm not giving all my best lines away. (laughs) All right. Well, look, it's high time we looked at some of the biggest movers and shakers in what is essentially football's answer to musical chairs. Not long to go. Who's caught your eye so far, Lindsay? One of the ones that caught my eye um, and it did have a bit of press off the back of it was Robert Snodgrass's move from West Ham to West Brom. And the reason that caught my eye was, of course, because that happened just before the Black Country Derby and he played very well in the Black Country Derby. But in the following match against West Ham, he didn't play. And Sam Allardyce revealed that that was part of the agreement, the gentleman's agreement between the two clubs that he wouldn't play against his former club, which has raised a few eyebrows because I don't know whether that's actually 
Premier League protocol, really. But I think it's been looked at. Um, so that one definitely, for that reason, caught my eye. And Matty Ryan from Brighton going to Arsenal on loan. I've I've actually received messages from fans over this asking me, what on earth is he doing? Mm. Clearly giving up minutes that he would be getting at Brighton for being second choice to Burnt Leno at Arsenal. But he is an Arsenal fan and I just don't think he could resist the move to the club that he supports. And I think that ultimately is what it comes down to. Will he get much game time? I think cup competitions, uh, we could see a bit of him and obviously injury pending with Leno. But I think Leno's certainly the, the nailed on number one. It'll be difficult now for Matty Ryan to get minutes. Yeah, I know you've got a big name, Hayley. I'm I'm going to wade in with one quickly as well. Martin Odegaard, of course, the wonder kid, the once wonder kid anyway. Uh, he's been identified as the solution to Arsenal's lack of creativity. That's apparently a big reason behind his loan move secured from Real Madrid, of course, by Mikel Arteta, who's very excited about him because Odegaard had that really good loan period at Real Sociedad. And of course, Mikel Arteta and his ties to the club knows all about him. Arteta's come out and said they've spent some time um, following him and he's very enthusiastic about it indeed and he is going to fulfil a role that Arteta feels is missing at the club that kind of creative role and said that a player like Odegaard needs to be in the right environment bit of a dick there maybe he's going to play in the pockets number 8 or number 10 the player's 22 now but of course he secured that mega move to Real Madrid at 16 he was then loaned back to the Netherlands for about three seasons or so to sort of develop his skill. But he's just he's just never really got going at Real Madrid. He's shown flashes of brilliance, but he's never really had the game time. And um, should be a really exciting one for Arsenal. There is, of course, that game against Man United at the weekend, but I don't think he's going to be match fit for that. But in terms of an Arsenal scoop, I think he is a good one. Hayley. Yeah, I think um, Middlesbrough have done a bit of good business here. It's Yannick Bolassi from Everton, only on loan until the end of the season, but it kind of came out of nowhere. We know that Neil Warnock tried to sign him for Borough back earlier on in the season, the last window, and it didn't happen. Then it looked like he was all set to head out to Turkey. He has hasn't played for Everton so far this season. Carlo Ancelotti just just doesn't fancy him. He's got better options there. Um, but the good thing is he's joining up with a manager. I mean, he desperately needs him. He needs the experience. They've had what? Uh, they just suffered their third defeat in four. That was at home to Rotherham on Wednesday. Goodness me. Um, but yeah, they just need a little bit of a boost there. His experience will definitely help as well. But he knows him really well. And I think he can make sure he gets the best out of him. He won't take very long to to fit in. And and when Warnock was chatting about signing him, he said, you know, he does owe me. He said, because I did well for him at Crystal Palace. He said, I've known him for many years. I asked him if he could help us out until the end of the season and get some fitness in at the same time. He said, we can't expect wonders. He's a good lad. He can play in different positions for me. And that's, I think, what Middlesbrough need, that versatility and someone mm. can sort of fit in um, as and when he's needed. Uh, he said, he'll be good in the dressing room and a big boost for us. And I think, yeah... Um, I, I think he definitely will. He might not contribute with a ton of goals, but I think just his presence on the pitch, I think, will be much needed for Middlesbrough and in the dressing room and give them a little bit of a, yeah. a, a boost there. And, and it will help him as well if he is looking to move away in the summer. He's, you know, he's not going to catch the eye of anyone if he's still just you know, not even involved um, with Everton. So for a team in the championship who are going to try and battle up there um, for you know a promotion or a playoff place, um, he's, he's got something to play for. Nice trust there from Warnock as well, mm. I think. Um, Lindsay, have you got any more to bowl in with? 
on last week's show, you may remember I said that Wolves needed a striker, and I think yes. not long after us putting down our headphones, <laughs> turning off the microphone, yeah, it, it happened. So we've got Willian Jose, who's already made an appearance as a substitute in that Chelsea match, um, on loan from Real Sociedad. Real Sociedad, by the way, offloading quite a few talented mm. players. Um, so fingers crossed, Jose can score the goals. Yeah, I saw that and thought, yay. Oh, it's, it's almost like you cosmically ordered it, isn't it, Lindsay Hooper? Mm. One that I know you know about, Lynn's two Chelsea loanee for Keita Mores made his debut for AC Milan. Um, what a debut as well, by the way, when you consider that it was uh, against Inter Milan. So it was a derby fixture and it was the quarterfinals of the Coppa Italia as well. And although AC Milan lost, he gave a really good account of himself. The reviews coming out of Italy are good. Uh, he's only 23, obviously sort of um, uh, only, a, well, I think, sort of four appearances for Chelsea so far. So never really settled into that Chelsea side, but has gone on this loan, um, obviously to get game time and experience. And he settled in really well to that Milan mm. back four. As I said, his side didn't win, but we're not going to blame him for that. By the way, his season long loan, if it works out for him and if he does want to stay, there is an option to make the deal permanent for 25 million. Wow. I wonder what Thomas Tuchel's going to make of that, actually, because when a club like AC Milan want to take a player, it means they're pretty good. Uh, I think generally speaking, you can take that summary from it. Yeah, Mm. I I honestly think he was one of of the best defenders Chelsea had. So I think Tuchel will be maybe scratching his head over that move. And um, as it's just a loan at the moment, we could see Tamori back. Uh, The other one from Chelsea going out was Danny Drinkwater, which really took off this week because when Lampard was sacked, he posted a picture online celebrating in a Leicester shirt pretty much straight after, then had to delete it just for the backlash. Uh, He went on loan to a Turkish club um, earlier on in the window, just not having any joy when Lampard was there and clearly a little bit bitter about it. Mm. Hayley. Okay, I've got uh, a youngster that we have mentioned before and someone that's been on Manchester United's radar for four seasons. This is a big one, but I wanted to mention him because he is going to United. Ahmad Diallo. Um, So it kind of works out around about £20 million, but could be up to £37.2 million from Atalanta. Already his teammates who he's training with are speaking extremely highly of him. He's got Mason Greenwood, um, who actually has, has played the majority of his minutes on the right wing and they're obviously bringing in a player very similar as well so maybe Ollie's going to look at him lining up alongside um, Greenwood maybe in a forward three I don't quite know how that's going to pan out but I think he's definitely one for the future he hasn't been afraid to use uh, academy players of course coming up through the ranks at Manchester United but he has been tracking this player or United certainly have since he was 14 years old. I always like to see a youngster coming into United that's broken through from the academy side, but great that we're going to take on this young man and give him his chance at such a big club. They still say he's got raw attributes. He's only actually played five times for Atalanta. He did score in his debut. um, But yeah, we all wait with bated breath for this, for this Mm. young star. And we were all waiting with bated breath, weren't we? Um, including Ayla, who I think was contributing in the background there. Yes, there saying, there don't go. forget Ozil, please. Um, oh. Because the saga was finally over, wasn't it, in this window? Yes. I know it's an obvious one, which is why we've not banged on about it too much. Um, but I did want to ask what you thought about Arsenal fans going mad for Fenerbahce shirts now. Mm. They, are, they are getting involved, aren't they? Jumping on that bandwagon. 
Yeah, and what are your thoughts about contracts being terminated? Because that was the case here with Ozil. Also happened with Socrates, um, who's gone to Olympiakos, contract terminated there. And another player at Palace had his contract terminated, which might have escaped us. Max Meyer going to FC Köln in Germany. I hope that's how you say it. So yeah, contracts being terminated, a bit mm. harsh in a pandemic. Mm. Producer Abby, by the way, has just has just had a go at me in writing over the Google Doc that we all share, and uh, she says it's it's basically Urzel fans, not Arsenal fans, who are buying oh. the Fenerbahce shirts. Are you sure about God. that? And what about the number sixty um, seven? Do you know about the number sixty seven? That's what that's his new squad number. Is it? Yeah. So he he grew up in a district in a village. Um, Kulhisiroglu. I've absolutely pronounced that completely wrong. Okay. And my Turkish-German partner will yeah. be very disappointed. <laughs> but the postcode, where his family are originally from, is 67802. So he picked the 67 from his postcode because he grew I'd up a- supporting Fenerbahce, I'd of course. I've actually forgotten that you've got your own Urzel equivalent at home I now. Do. With, you know, I do. You know, Turkish-German, haven't you? I've got my Emre Chan and my Mesut Urzel. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, well, not many days to go until the transfer window firmly closes. Next up, play the music again. Continuing our musical theme and our homeschool theme as well. Let's tie the two in together and spin the subject wheel. No prizes for guessing this week's topic. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually similar to something I'm going to mention. (laughs) Yes, it's music, not flatulence. That's our subject topic this week. So I'm looking for the best walk-on songs, the best goal-scoring tunes, best tournament anthems, best crowd tunes, anything at all you want to throw at me. If it's got a melody and it's got something to do with football, I want to hear about it. Lindsay. The iconic ones, which you just cannot dispute. We we don't need to go into detail. They just speak for themselves. You'll never walk alone. I'm forever blowing bubbles at West Ham. Um, And a little point of note from me, who has travelled around many a football stadium, uh, being cold, shivering, waiting, wanting to be entertained whilst um, I'm waiting to do my first hit of the day. And I have to say that the award goes to Brentford for playing the best warm-up music. And Wickham a close second since they've had Gareth Ainsworth. The music choice has gone up a notch a little bit of indie always impresses me but seeming as I was at Brighton yesterday I was at Brighton Fulham I really missed the clapping that would go with Sussex by the sea it's by William Ward Higgs and if you're in the Amex usually you hear all the clapping you get to join in over the top and then it gets played out to an empty stadium and just clunk falls on the floor. It's definitely missing the fans and the claps. <laughs> I do like the extra value of the bubbles at West Ham, by the way. I have to say, it's always nice when you get a song and something a bit extra, and the bubbles always make me smile. Although they are, of course, predictable. Uh, Hayley. Okay, what about my absolute favourite? It's a classic, and it uh, was sung by the team on Top of the Pops in 1983. Glory, glory, Man United. Oh. 
glory, yes. glory, man. You know, I know it's obviously been changed and adapted for different teams. Leeds United used it as well, but that's why I have a bit of an allegiance to it because my dad obviously played for Manchester United and Leeds as well. Hibs were actually the first club to release the song as a hymn, uh, uh, as a single, glory, glory to the Hibbies. But yeah, it, um, I remember the 1983 side. Obviously, I don't really remember it because I was only three, but they recorded it at a studios in Stockport and um, went on top of the pops and sang it. But they actually... They didn't sing it live, but when they recorded it, they they cut out the microphones of some of the players, and they just had to mime along because they were so bad. My dad <laughs> being death. my dad being one of those, <laughs> oh, no, but it was guy. one of the very few football songs to have made it to top of the pops. There you oh. go. Do you want to know the origins of "You'll Never Walk Alone"? Because it is one of my favourites. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I love it too, but obviously, it's it's far too Liverpool for me to to mention. <laughs> Well, here we go then. The origins of it. It was originally a song from Carousel, the musical. And Liverpool group Jerry and the Pacemakers covered it in 1963, made a single of it. And that's where it kind of came into the Liverpool fans world. Apparently, Bill Shankly was approached by Jerry Marsden of the band with a tape recording of it. Apparently, so the legend goes. And uh, Bill Shankly loved it so much that he basically made it the club anthem from the very next day. I love that about it. And, and Jerry Marsden died as well, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did. Last yeah. very, 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 very recently, yeah. Um, and it is one of those songs that genuinely puts the hairs up on the back of your arms, legs, everywhere. It's just, it's just amazing. Um, <laughs> I'll, go for the, I'll go for the hairs on the back of my neck for my next one. <laughs> yes. Um, a quick one, New Order, World in Motion, Italia 90, always, I mean, that, that, that have a place in so many people's hearts just because of the era, if you're like me and in your 40s, you know, you were sort of, you know, 10 or going into your teenage years. So that will always have iconic status for me. And to get a bit more sort of current, I still love Shakira Waka Waka, which is the 2010 World <laughs> Cup anthem. Because this is Africa. I just, oh, oh. Uh, I just think it's, it's it's a great song. The video's got more than two point two billion views. What? Uh, wow. And the video features, by the way, Leo Messi, but also Shakira's partner, uh, Spain Gerard Piquet. So I love the mm. fact that there's a bit of a kind of a family affair going on there oh. in the video as well. That tingly oh. feeling that you were talking about with um, "You'll Never Walk Alone." I know many get that, especially European nights. I got that at Leicester in the winning season when when they won the title oh. under Claudio Ranieri. Oh. I was covering a lot of games that season, and the home atmosphere was incredible. And you bring in tradition, and they've had this tradition since the 1930s of the post horn gallop, um, the little horn like we heard at the end of our spinning wheel when we got our homeschooling topic, um, but much better. Here's what it's like. That really gathered momentum in that season. And every time I went there, oh, you just had to, I I felt like I had to stand up at certain moments because they were getting so close to doing the unthinkable towards the end. And that that post-horn gallop will stay with me.
And also, yeah, with 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 Leicester again, spine tingling. Um, Andre Bocelli as well performing yes. in the centre of the pitch. Yeah. Glenn Ranieri coming up, and obviously fellow Italian. I mean, that was spine tingling. I was there for well. that, and I was also there yeah. when Kasabian performed oh, pre-match oh, as well. They did they did band. so many things that season, and it, it was really really awesome. Scotland national team as well have had some great ones because they have Rod Stewart, an absolute rock legend rock pop legend whatever um who's um, lent a few songs to to the scotland national team purple heather being a wonderful one um ole ola as well another rod stewart performing that and one that's quite funny if you look it up we have a dream which pretty much sums up everything to do with scotland <laughs> i think i know that one. dreaming of everyone it's actually quite a positive song and and the words are quite special but the delivery of it is a little bit dour it's very scottish but um yeah the scotland national team in my opinion they've had some great songs over the years in their sort of qualifying campaigns but the, the, the songs have quite often done better than the actual team themselves that's been the problem you see <laughs> i know a good scotland chant remember this scotland fans to italy we're going to deep fry your pizzas. We're going to deep yes. fry your pizzas. Yeah, I've got a lot of chants here as well if you want me to if you want me to chant away, but yeah, I just wanted to mention a few of those songs being a Scotland fan. Mm, yes, sir, I can boogie, but I need a certain song. Well, hopefully that's got your toes tapping, ready for the weekend to go out and uh, oh well, never mind. Maybe just stay in. <laughs> uh, next up, oh. anyone, home disco, home disco, <laughs> kitchen disco. Anyone up for a game of musical chairs? All right, so topic three, as we end our musical madness and our theme for the week, uh, we're here to lift spirits and have a laugh. Always our pleasure. So for this, we're going to play audio musical chairs with Chelsea managers, bear with. Uh, with no idea whether this is going to work, by the way, but we're going to give it a go. So this is what happens. There's going to be a tune. It'll stop. You've all played musical chairs, so you know the vibe, okay? You know what to do, and there's no present to open Lindsay on the chair uh, you've got to work out which Abramovich era Chelsea manager hasn't found a seat simply by putting the manager to the quote it's completely stupid by the way but worth a try for a giggle let's okay. go producer Abby is going to be providing the voice of the Abramovich era Chelsea manager and in homage to Thomas Tuchel some uh, German music Oh. I am not the special one. I'm the normal one. But my wife says I'm special. I thought Klopp said that. But we're talking Chelsea managers. No, 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 it's Chelsea managers. Yeah. I'm sure Klopp said I am the. Well, he said I'm the normal one, didn't he? It has has to be Abraham Grant, doesn't it? Was it? Yes, because he came after Mourinho the first time. Ah. Ah. Well done. I can't imagine him saying that. Jesus said we should turn the other cheek. Unfortunately, Figo is not Jesus Christ. Oh, it's got to be an Italian, so I would say Ancelotti. I'd say Sarri, Maurizio Sarri. Oh. <coughs> Neither of Roberto us. Roberto Di Matteo? Oh. Conte? <coughs> uh, may, may, maybe he's not Italian. Scolari? Oh, there we go. <laughs> 
Yes. Luis Felipe Scolari. That was actually oh. not when he was Chelsea manager. That was when he was Portugal manager. Oh, that makes okay. sense. Oh, that's that's you're allowed that anyway. Okay. Oh, you tricked us there. Oh. Mm. Right, music operator. starts again. Stewards inquiry on that, by the way, girls. London is a wonderful city, but I am here for Chelsea. It's 100% work, 90% fun. <laughs> what? <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. As it, it sounds like a Roberto Di Matteo line to me. I'd like it to be Thomas Tuchel. I'd like it to be Thomas <laughs> Tuchel. Um, I think it might have been Conte. <laughs> huh? Ranieri? Oh. Viash Boas? No, he'd never he say that. Uh, Could it just be Mourinho? Oh, Goose. Goose oh. Hiddink. What? Lampard. <laughs> he is English. It's like he? one left. <laughs> I know. Oh, Scolari. No, he's done him. Hiddink. <laughs> Have you said Sarri. Conte? Have you said Conte? Sarri. Oh. Oh. I don't like this game. <laughs> oh, God. I need a list of the managers and I keep forgetting oh, who's managed. Oh, God. Okay. I want to push the young players on my team to have a proper haircut. Who said that? I mean, Andre Villas Boas, very clean cut. Hitting. It was someone old school. Yeah, it's got to be someone a little bit older. Benitez. Conte? Ranieri. I keep going back to Ranieri, don't I? Um, Mourinho? Is that, Sof- is that Sari again? Oh, Mourinho, really? Mm. Jose. Presume he was ah. joking. One more. <laughs> We're doing brilliant. <laughs> this is the best game ever. The first one threw me. I mean, Avram Grant has zero personality I and he know. said something fairly interesting. Is everyone know, right? still listening? Anyway. Yes. Yeah. And to end. Stay tuned. In the past, he was a little man in many circumstances. He's a little man in the present and for sure he'll be a little man in the future. I consider him a little man and I consider him a man with a very low profile. What? You're talking about Zola? No, no I don't mean that he's the manager. There, I mean, they... is it, it's not Viash Boas, is it? Is it someone talking about Matteo? Di Matteo? No. Or Zola? No. Who, was they, who were they talking about? A little so is, is this who this person's talking about or who's doing Oh, I think it's Mourinho talking about Wenger. No, no. Not oh. But they are talking about Mourinho. Oh. oh. Who's cocky enough to say that? Ancelotti, have we had him? <laughs> what about Conte again? Oh, okay. Because I was going to say he's arrogant enough to come out with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Crossing. I hope you enjoyed joining in with us there on that little journey of musical <laughs> chairs. I told you it'd be worth a listen. Oh, oh well, well, thank you, Producer Abby, for that hours that of entertainment. Uh, she's oh, yes. uh, releasing the special... Uh, Special MP3 version to download for 69p from next week. Thank you very much for that wonderful silliness. Normality may be restored next week. Yahoo! All right, it's time for any other... Thank you very much. That's as good a theme tune as we're going to get, Hayley McQueen. Uh, We all need a bit of a breather, don't we? So any other business, what little football stories, uh, under the radar football stories, uh, have you heard or seen from the last week? Who wants to go first? 
I'm going to chip in first if I can, only because we spoke very recently about red cards in football. And then I was scrolling through and discovered this little gem, which we should include in our previous episode. Edgar Davids was shown a red card during his first game in charge. So a red card as a manager um, of a Portuguese side that he's taken over. Uh, he gets a red very, very first game. So Edgar oh, Davids blimey. of him. Very naughty yeah. indeed. Hayley. This is a bit naughty as well. Um, did you hear about Antonio Cassano and the problems that he had with one of Real Madrid's sponsors? No. 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 Well, get this. So he basically blamed his demise on one of the sponsors of Real Madrid. So I'm just going to have a bit of a build up here. He said... Um, I barely made it at Real Madrid. He said, I lost about 12 kilos. And Fabio, Can Fabio Cannavaro came and I won it again, okay? As in he gained the weight again. Basically, okay. he put on a lot of weight. He said, in seven months, I gained 14 kilos. He said, Nutella was one of the club's sponsors and they gave us five <laughs> kilos of product every month. He said, I ate Nutella straight from the pot by the spoonful and everything didn't matter to me anymore. He went, yes, it was disgusting. <laughs> he said, I'm very sorry for Capello, a person that I love. But basically, he, he had a Nutella addiction. He would just go home. He had nothing better to do than to eat jars and jars of the stuff. And he, he genuinely put on 14 kilos and was so oh, out of shape. He crikey. couldn't play. I sympathise with him, you know, because I'm that sort of person yeah. that if I Aren't get a taste all? for something, mm. I, but I'll mm. eat and eat and eat it until then I don't like it. If something's really, if something's really got my taste buds, then I'll be like, I'll eat that, I'll eat that, I'll eat that, and now I don't like it and I feel sick, and now Gosh, I won't ever yes. touch it again. There's I something have, kind of slightly mm. sadomasochistic about that, <laughs> yeah. isn't there? Just you think, know, just stuffing yourself until you don't like I it. I think that you. happened to me in my youth with Malibu, White Lightning. <laughs> Bacardi. It happened to me with fudge. It happened to you with, with alcohol. It happened to me with fudge and If nuts. anyone's reading anything rude into this conversation, you're not helping by using <laughs> oh, fudge. Um, let's go to a quick self-inflicted transfer saga. We've been talking about transfers today. Now, Royal Antwerp escaped a player's strike. This is after one of their team, Rebel Lamal Z, was brought back into the side what happened is, basically, he was desperate for a move out, Z. He wanted to go to Panathinaikos. So much so that earlier this month, he turned up to the club's training ground wearing an Andalek shirt and promised to wear the colours of Rivals' beer shot the following day. So basically, was all out to wind up the players and the team at Royal Antwerp. Didn't go down well. Uh, it prompted two unscheduled visits from the club's hardcore fans to training to confront him for having the gall to show up in these shirts. Uh, and the Belgian riot police were deployed by the way the second time that these fans arrived anyway all is good kind of now he still hasn't got his move to Panathinaikos by the way but Antwerp's new manager reinstated him in the squad after the player promised to keep off social media and had a minder assigned to him for reasons stating above uh, the players still weren't happy threatening to strike but it was averted and this was even though Z had scored on his return so didn't hasn't quite covered himself in glory. Naomi Osaka is uh, the name that obviously we we associate with tennis, but we can now associate going forward with football too because she has bought in to the North Carolina Courage women's team. We don't know how much, 
but I think a majority shareholder potentially here. And yeah, she's um, she said that she wanted to give back and that she's always been a big supporter of, of women's sports. Um, and I think that with Angel FC as well, which are making great strides, is really encouraging the people that are investing in women's teams. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Talking about someone investing, and this is someone investing in his local community, and it is such a sweet story. Ilkay Gundogan, have you seen that he set up a little site. He's gone on an auction site. He's taken upon himself. It's so sweet. He's basically holding up at home with a big cheesy grin, match-worn shirts, boots, um, offers of Zoom calls, and he's auctioning off all of his his items to help the local community. Um, and he's written on his page, he went, hello, my name is Ilkay Gundogan and I'm a professional <laughs> footballer of Manchester <laughs> City. I know. Until the end of the current season, I'm going to provide very special items and prizes that you can bid on. All proceeds will go to cafes and restaurants in Manchester who are struggling with the effects over the lockdown. He says, over the last few years, I spent a lot of time in the city's many wonderful cafes and restaurants. During the time, I've met so many great people who tell me how difficult the situation has become. Come, so I'd like to do this. It's very sweet. So he's got sort of meet and greets, um, which will obviously happen post COVID, but he's got Zoom chats with people. He's going to be inviting people out to these restaurants for dinner once they open and it's safe. But he's he's stood there with lots of different shirts that he signed and he's in his home. You can see quite a few trophies in the background as well, which is which is which is nice and some lovely interiors of which I think is at the training ground at Manchester City as well. So yeah, go and check that out if you want to have a bit. It's like reasonably priced as well. So a couple nice. of hundred quid for, 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 for match-worn shirts. Mm, well I done. like that very much indeed. Well done to him. Uh, well done to uh, you for sticking with us on the show today, if you're still listening. <laughs> it's a big achievement in itself. <laughs> uh, we hope you've enjoyed yourself and we've provided a suitable diversion uh, for your weekend. We're going to be back again next week. But before we go, you can find us at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. And our website too, OffsideRulePodcast.com, has got some great original content on, uh, on it. Whether you're a men's football fan or you want to find out more about the women's game, it's all on there. Absolutely jam-packed with fresh pieces going up pretty much every day. And we love it when you leave reviews for us, mm. don't we, Hayley? We do. And there's there's only one way to do that. That's by selecting a five star option. If you if you basically select the highest number or star option it gives you and just tell us how great we are. We have had a couple of reviews in over the last week, which I thought would be nice to mention. Mad Lass uh, left last week. Thank you very much. Always makes me smile. They say I don't give out reviews very often, but for this podcast, I will. Out of all the shows I listen to, this is the one I will listen to first. Informative, lighthearted, funny, but when needing to be as serious too. And it's great to see there's a WSL version as well, which is also brilliant. Thank you very much. And then, Linz, we got an email from a listener as well. Jeremy from Brisbane. Oh, that's really nice. He said, congratulations on a fabulous podcast, a great mix of fun information and interviews, brilliantly presented. The best thing for Avid Pod listeners is that it's easy to listen to. Um, I also had a message. I, I was just dawned on me. I need to actually message and say, can you leave a proper review for us? But um, someone sent me a private message saying, congrats for your podcast. I'm a new follower and it's really nice. Got what I expected. Oh, very GQ, nice. Well, that is. Oh, thank you very much. Well, on that note, thank you to both mm. of you. Um, where are you heading next or at the weekend, Linz? I'm at Crystal Palace. I'm at Selhurst Park for the, the game against Wolves. And I will see whether Wolves manage to take something from that goalless draw with Chelsea mm. and turn it into a bit more. 
Hayley, you're reporting for Sky Sports News Duty again soon. Yeah, so I'll just be in the studio. I'm actually on standby on Saturday, so I'm hoping that I don't get called in, which means, obviously, the worst news, not that I go into work, that somebody comes down with COVID. Um, but I'll be in on Sunday and I'll have the pleasure of working on Liverpool against West Ham and Brighton mm. hosting Tottenham as well. And there's actually quite a few um, WSL games which are hopefully going to go ahead. Um, so there's eight teams in action that I'll, I'll be working on as well in the afternoon. Oh, well, uh, if you're listening to us, have a lovely weekend. Both of you have a great weekend too. Thanks for listening. See you all next time. Bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Offside Rule, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Keep up to date with everything Offside at offsiderulepodcast.com and by following at offsiderulepod on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of The Athletic's football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on The Athletic app. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. Hi, I'm James McNicholas, and I'm here to tell you about the latest series from Beyond the Headline, the making of Big Sam. You see, Sam Allardyce seemingly can't quit English football, and English football can't quit him. But why? Why does football keep coming back to Sam Allardyce? To answer those questions and more, you'll hear from Big Sam himself, those who have worked for him, and those who've witnessed the full Big Sam experience. You can hear it all from February 1st and ad-free via the Athletic app. Just search for Beyond the Headline now. The Athletic. Sports Social Podcast Network.